Hey there, you're listening to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast, and I'm your host, Michelle Broad, certified women's adult nurse practitioner and hormone specialist. I'm a daughter, I'm a wife, mama, and a nan of two, and I'm the founder of the Well Woman Network, an online women's health educational portal. And it is my passion to help women optimize their health by teaching them how to become their number one self-care advocate through teaching them about their health in a non-judgmental, not too sciencey way. So welcome back to this week's episode, ladies. And um, if I sound a little nasally, I apologize. I'm just getting over a little bit of a head cold that I caught from my grandbaby, Kenny. And um, I'm still a little congested, but feeling a lot better. Last week, uh, not so much. I was feeling pretty down. But I wanted to talk to you today about emotional wellness not just because, you know, I think it's an important topic, but because I think it ties in very nicely with a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about in the last several episodes around hormones. And I kind of wanted to, you know, touch it from this side, this base, because when we talk about hormones, I think most of us think about hormones from a physical perspective. You know, how do, are they, how can they physically, you know, help us? How can they physically, you know, harm us? You know, what happens if they're unbalanced and how do we get them balanced? But there's a whole other side to wellness. Okay. Because here's the thing, when it comes to your overall health and wellness, ladies, that typically embodies physical, mental, emotional, and behavioral wellness. This is what makes up your overall health and well-being. looking at it from a holistic perspective in my book. Okay. But with emotional wellness, It's all about your emotions, feelings, and many of your thoughts. And those emotions, those feelings, and those thoughts, they can either be very for us or they can be very against us. And they can play a very important role in how our hormones are acting, okay? And we're going to see that, okay? Because emotions have to do with stress, with anxiety, with depression, with happiness, with joy, with just overall feelings of excitement. And all of those different emotions trigger different hormonal responses. Okay. So how you think and how you feel trigger hormonal responses in your body. Therefore, it is very important for us to look at them and to consider our emotions as a huge part of our wellness, as our overall wellness package, and when we're looking at it and we're looking at our health, to incorporate that into it, just like we look at the physical aspects of our health, like drinking water or exercising. Just as those things are important and we have to work on those, we also have to work on maintaining our emotional wellness. And how do we keep that up? And what is emotional wellness? What is emotional intelligence? What are, th- what are some things that physically I can do to help my emotions? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay. So get ready, hold on to your emotions, give a big high five, give a big clap out or a woot woot in your car or wherever you are, because what I want you to start thinking about right then and there is I want you to start getting your emotions and your hormonal responses in a really good place. So when you're happy, those emotions are up. Your serotonin is up. Your cortisol is down. So 
think about that. Okay. When you start to look at all the different pieces in your life, start to look at it at how they fit together and how one thing affects another thing. And this affects that and that cascading effect. Okay. Cause really when you start to think of it like that, it becomes such an incredible thing. You think, wow, my body is so intricate and it works in so many different ways. And if I'm feeling this way, this can be making my body physically respond in this way. You see the connection? So our emotions can make our physical body feel one way or another. And for me, I want to choose joy and happiness and all those good things. I want my serotonin to be boosted high. I want my cortisol to be right where it's supposed to be and, you know, evenly flowing how it's supposed to be so that my body is healthy and can carry out and it can make me emotionally healthy and stable. All right. So with those thoughts in mind, let's dive into the episode and let's talk about that. Okay. Because just like I said, that your emotional wellness is all about emotions, feelings, and how we think of things. Okay. This also includes ladies, your emotions after various events in your life and your ability to bounce back from challenges, as well as how much negative things in your life affect you and how you let those things affect you. All right. So here are some things that I want you to know about emotional wellness. All right. Someone with good emotional health can handle their emotions, no matter what life throws at us. Okay. Like, you know, the old saying, they tell you, it's not about what's thrown at you that defines your character. It's about how you respond to what's thrown at you that defines your character. Kind of like the same thing. It does not mean that you never are going to experience stress or negative emotions, but that you have a better coping mechanism and a better awareness of what you're thinking and feeling at any given time. Okay. So if you really want to help your hormones to be healthier, you're going to want to start thinking differently. Okay. That's a big thing. So let's talk about first some signs of good emotional health. And then we're going to talk into, into what are some things that can negatively affect signs of our, you know, of a good emotional health. So first of all, signs of good emotional health. Number one, you have reached a state of acceptance. Okay. So here's the thing, ladies, people with good emotional health, they understand that their emotions can change from day to day, but they don't really judge any of them. If you've come to a place of accepting how your emotions change and what causes them, you are already on track to emotional wellness. Okay. So you understand that your emotions are going to change from day to day. That's just a given. Acceptance might look like realizing you're getting angry or upset about something, but instead of reacting to it or judging yourself or spiraling out of control and getting even angrier about it, you can be calm and go outside to figure out what is causing the anger. Okay. So one thing is like, I've been learning to do with myself is when something, and trust me, there are issues that if I start to think about them, I can start to spiral myself. Some of them are triggers from my mom. Some of them trigger about, you know, um, caretaking other things at work. And I can just feel myself go there. Well, when I feel myself go there more and more, I tell myself, stop. And I ask myself, 
Okay, why are you letting, what is it about this that is getting you so worked up? Okay, what, what about this? And if I start to answer the question of what is getting me so upset about this and why do I keep going over and over? Why is it triggering and pushing my buttons? Then I am becoming more emotionally mature for myself because I'm able to say, okay, okay, that's what's triggering me. I know it's stemming from this issue. Okay. I know how to deal with it and I'm going to let it go and I'm going to move on. Okay. So we get to a state of self-acceptance and where we start to see that these things are triggering us and we know that they're triggers and we can figure that out faster than slower and we can diffuse situations. And that we also are getting to a point of accepting that our emotions can change from day to day and we're okay with that and we're open to receiving whatever those things are. Okay. Number two, you easily adapt to changes in your life. All right. Adapting to change is also very challenging for most of us on some level. Okay. We all have this, but if you feel like you've been getting better at it lately, your emotional health could be improving. Many things can cause change in our lives from having to move our job, to move our home, to simplifying things like, you know, a friend moving out of town or somebody dying in our life or any of those things. Okay. When change happens, it takes a good amount of resilience to flow with these changes, which is another sign of a healthy emotional well-being. So the quicker that we are able to adapt to changes in our lives, also shows that we are improving our emotional well-being. Okay. I mean, all of this ladies is about growing in our emotional intelligent, growing in our emotional awareness. And that's what it's all about being aware. Okay. Of what's going on in our bodies, what causes triggers, what doesn't cause triggers. Okay. And being better able to adapt and respond faster and quicker and get over things that bug us easier. Okay. That's where our emotional wellness needs to grow to, to that state. Okay. Number three, you can analyze your own feelings. Another good sign of emotional health ladies is when you can analyze your feelings without immediately judging or criticizing them. If instead of beating yourself up, beating yourself up over how you feel, you simply get into a mindful state and you consider where they came from. It's a great sign. Don't be surprised, ladies, if you find you do this without realizing it. Some people are naturally gifted at thinking about their feelings because they're just more self-aware by nature. If this sounds like you, you already have a leg up with your emotional strength. Okay? So, we said, and I want to emphasize this one more time. Another good sign of emotional health is when you can analyze your feelings without immediately judging or criticizing them. All right? Because ladies... We are so self-critical of ourselves. I think we are more critical of ourselves than anybody else out there would ever be of us. So we need to improve a lot of us in this area and stop self-criticizing and stop self-judging. Okay. So when you can take on things, even if somebody does say something to you, that's a little bit out of sorts, maybe they do criticize you, maybe they do judge you or whatever. When you don't react to it, so, so like front and center and get so uptight and upworked about it really fast and you can kind of think about it and go, okay, you know, maybe they have, there's some validity to what they're saying. 
Maybe I, what they're saying is, okay, I want them to think that way about me. Have, you, have we ever thought about that? It's so funny because I was watching this reel about this gal on Instagram and she was saying that she, by Angie Lee, and give her credit, she said that somebody wrote this really um, bad, a, a troll or whatever, wrote this comment about her and he meant it as a put down. And she t- took it and said, you know what? I, I, what he's saying is true and he is right about that. And I want, I'm glad that he's seeing that. That is me. So sometimes, you know, even though people may say things about us, sometimes it is the truth and we have to honestly admit that, hey, maybe they're right, right? And it's okay that people think certain things of us. Maybe we, maybe we should let them think those things and it's okay. Especially if they are not people that are very important in our lives, okay? Let it go. So many of us sweat the small stuff when there are so many big things out there that need our time and attention and we just can get over the small stuff. And I'm, I've learned that so much of my lifetime. God has taught me so many things and so many times over and over again, Michelle, just let go of the small stuff. It is not worth it. There are so many bigger things and I have gotten so much better over it over the years of just letting things go off my back. I call it, let's make like a duck, you know, ducks, they have their, their feathers are all like, um, they have like this repellent on them. So the water just kind of goes off. That's what we have to be like. Just let all the things just slide on off of us and move on and move on with our lives and don't let the small stuff, you know, bother us. Okay. Because often it's triggering some old story that doesn't even serve us anymore. You know? Okay. All right. The next thing is don't hold grudges. Holding grudges is not healthy for you or for anyone. Though sometimes it can be hard to avoid. So here's the thing, play, play close attention to how you react when someone has wronged you and how long you hold on to those negative emotions. Holding grudges can sometimes feel safe as negative emotions often feel like a comfort zone, even though you think the opposite should be true. But grudges never fix anything, ladies, or solve any problems. All they do is create hostility in your life that damages your emotional health, Okay. You know, have any of you ever held a grudge against somebody for something that you felt that they wronged you for, but that other person didn't see it that way and they never even thought about it like that? And here you are, you're brewing over it and you're, and you're holding on to it and you're wanting them to say they're sorry, but they don't even realize that they did anything. So they're never going to say that because they don't understand that. So who is, who's it hurting? It's hurting you when you're holding on to all that hostility and all that anger. It just puts walls up and it brings out you know, it raises your cortisol and it depletes your serotonin and it makes you just a miserable person. So let the grudges go, you know, and the best thing that you can do, I have found, excuse me, is to talk to that person, you know, and tell them, say, Hey, you know, I don't know if this is how you're feeling, but this is how I'm feeling. I want to let you know, this is how I'm feeling. I can't say if this is exactly how you're feeling or not, but this is how I'm feeling. I felt like when you said or did or whatever it is, it made me feel like this. And I took it in this way. Is that how you meant it? Because give the other person a chance. But here's the thing too, okay? I challenge you with this. <clears throat> if you're going to be grown up enough to say that to somebody, you have got to be able to be grown up enough to hear what that person has to say and hear out their feelings and accept what they have to say in return. Okay. If you are not grown up enough or you can't handle what somebody is going to say, then don't go down that path and ask the question because then you're going to be even more pissed off. 
All right. So if you can handle it and you want to know, and you want to have an open conversation, then I suggest you start off by saying, whatever that person did, that's how it made you feel. Okay. Talk about your feelings. Don't interject their feelings. Only talk about your feelings because you have a right to your feelings and your feelings are valid and you're expressing your feelings to them. And then in return, you are going to let them express their feelings back to you. And you're going to have to accept their explanation or their feelings. Just like you want your feelings to be accepted. You have to accept theirs. It's a two way street. Okay. All right. Now here's another one. You have a lot of empathy. Empathy is where you're able to see something from another person's perspective and relate to them on some level. Even if you have not experienced it before, you can still empathize by trying to understand what they must be going through. All right. The next time someone you know is dealing with something, examine how you react and what you think about it. Do you immediately judge them and wonder why they're making such a big deal out of it? Or do you feel empathy toward them where you can see how that must have hurt them? or how, why they're taking it the way that they did. And we can do this by simply listening to others without being judgmental and without reacting and without letting all our own feelings and our own prejudices, our own pre-thoughts get in the way. Okay. We do that a lot. You know, we judge other people's reactions based on how we would have reacted in that situation. And that's not good. Everybody reacts to things differently and they're allowed to react the way they want to, whether we think it's out of proportion or not. Obviously they don't. And maybe we wouldn't have reacted that way, correct? But we have to honor where other people are coming from, just like we want them to honor where we are coming from. Okay. Next is it's easy for you to set personal boundaries. Personal boundaries are incredibly important to your emotional health ladies, but can also be challenging in the beginning. Setting personal boundaries allows you to set limits on what you can and can't handle on the emotional level. It could be just your own boundaries with how often you use social media or what you engage in. In other cases, it is boundaries with other people who tend to have a negative energy that affects you. You might be learning to say no more often. Having personal boundaries that are clear about what is a great sign is a great sign for emotional maturity. Okay. So this is another big one setting personal boundaries and you know how you can also help your hormones as well as your other health is you want to protect your energy. And when you protect your energy, you do that by setting boundaries for yourself. Okay. If, you know, if you say I'm not taking, you know, any more phone calls after eight o'clock at night, then you tell people, don't call me after eight o'clock at night. I don't answer my telephone and don't text me because I don't text after eight or don't call me in the morning before nine. I'm not a morning person. You know, you have to let people know your personal boundaries. They're not going to know them unless you let them know what they are. And the more that you can express to people your personal boundaries, the better you are in, the better that you are maturing in your emotional health. And I've had to learn this a lot because in my early days and for the longest time, I was a yes person. Yes to this, yes to that, because I wanted to make people feel like me. I didn't want to let people down. I thought that saying yes was being a good friend. I thought that saying yes was being a good Christian woman. And I said yes all over the place. And then what ended up happening is I was pissed off at myself and I ended up 
regretting those yeses that I made. I did them begrudgingly and, and went through whatever I said I was going to do, but I did it begrudgingly to myself. I didn't have a good time while I was there. It wasn't fair, not only to just me, but it wasn't fair to the person that I said yes to. It would have been better off had I said no, but I thought saying no was bad. Saying no is not a bad word, ladies. No is a good, healthy word. It's protective of us. It helps us maintain good boundaries. So get used to it, say it often, and just be strict with your boundaries. Don't be wishy-washy. Once you set a boundary, stick with it and let other people know what that boundary is. You have excellent problem-solving skills. If you're good at resolving issues and problem-solving instead of just going into an anxiety spiral, you have amazing emotional health and maturity. Knowing how to solve a problem isn't always easy and it doesn't come naturally to everyone. But it isn't so much about intelligence or knowing everything. It's more about how you react to obstacles and challenges and what actions you choose or not to take. Okay? So I'm going to recap here before we go into the other the next section. So here, these are signs of good emotional health. One, you've reached a state of acceptance. You can accept your own emotions. You easily adapt to change in your life. You can analyze your own feelings. You don't hold grudges. You have a lot of empathy. It's easy for you to set personal boundaries. You have excellent problem-solving skills, okay? And if you don't have all of these like intact right now today, no worries, okay? Because we're all works in progress. Maybe you've got some of these down, you know, pat, where others you need to work on. And it's okay. Find the ones that you need to work on more, pick them out, and then you start working on those. The ones that you already have down pat, hey, don't worry about it, all right? Now, I want to talk to you about what can negativity, what can that do to your emotional well-being? Okay, so even after learning about your emotional well-being that we just stated and getting various tips and tricks for improving your emotional wellness overall, there still might be some factors in your life that are affecting your emotions in a negative way, ladies. So let's talk about some of those things, okay? And why we need to be careful of those things when it comes to protecting our emotional well-being. Okay. The first thing is what you think about yourself. Even when you treat others with kindness and compassion, if you don't treat yourself just as kindly, then your emotional health can suffer. Didn't we just talk about this earlier? Just said that, right? Yeah. See, it's worth repeating. What you think about yourself at any given moment is important and it can hurt or help your emotional well-being. If you constantly think bad things about how you look, what you can accomplish, what you have accomplished, or you haven't accomplished, things that you regret, or any of your actions, you're harming your emotional health. It is the same thing as, as if you're being bullied by somebody else, but worse, because you're doing it to yourself. This self-sabotage, ladies, needs to come to an end if you want to improve your emotional health and your health mindset. I want you to start thinking positively about yourself. Whenever you have a negative thought, try to challenge it with a positive one. Number two, the next thing that can negatively affect your emotional well-being is your self-talk. In addition to those thoughts that we just talked about that you have about yourself, the way you talk to yourself can also have just as big of an impact. Be careful about your internal dialogue, as this can sometimes be so subtle that we don't even realize that it's going on. When you have these conversations in your head, whether you're talking to yourself or imagining conversations with other people, it includes self-talk. So if you are talking to yourself through first or third person in a bad way, 
assuming something negative about yourself or are harming your emotional health just as much as if you thought those same things about yourself. Okay, so what we think about and what we speak about ourselves is very, very important because what we say about ourselves and what we think about ourselves really changes our emotional chemistry inside. That's where a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of negativity and thinking bad about ourselves and, you know, shame, all of that is not good ladies. And we need to start working on that if we have those issues. Okay. So if you struggle with positive self-talk, just start with some affirmations, simple things like I am affirmations. If you don't believe them yet. Okay. And yes, they say affirmations are stupid. A lot of people think that, but you know what? If you start saying them or you phrase them in things that are meaningful for you and things that are true for you, then they really do work. So here's a few. I am confident. I am beautiful. I am strong. I am capable. I am chosen. And you know what? Let me tell you a funny story. Me and my daughter and my daughter, especially too, we recite these things to my granddaughter and we have her say them back to us. We have her say, I am confident. And she'll say, I am confident. I am beautiful. I am beautiful. You are strong. I am strong. You are capable. I am capable. You've been chosen. I am chosen. And she says those. And my daughter asks her those questions and has her repeat them every day. Because right now at two and a half, her two and a half year old brain, we want that to soak in. We want her to feel that all the way up forever. So that as we're building her confidence, she's got the confidence out there to handle what's to come. Because let me tell you something, kids are mean to each other and kids bully each other, even, even in the preschool age. And so we're trying to equip her with the confidence to step out and be, you know, stand up for herself and be proud of herself and love herself and think she's smart and she's beautiful and she's capable and she's a chosen child of God. We want her to feel all those things but that's what we need to feel about ourselves. Okay. And so those are things that we need to say to us too. All right. Was that number three? Let me see. One, two. Yep. Moving on to three relationships and friendships. The friendships and relationships ladies that we have in our life have a big impact on our emotional wellness, which can be both good and bad. The supportive people in your life are the friends who are always there for you, who listen and who never judge you or feel make you feel bad or, or talk to you negatively, these people improve your emotional health so much and are something to be grateful for. Okay. And we want as many of those people in our lives as possible. And we want to seek out those people, but there are some bad apples out there. These can be toxic friends that don't always know that they're toxic, but they can have a negative impact on your life and on your mindset. They can be family members too. People who don't let you express yourself, who are constantly judging you, who never offer emotional support. We might love these people even, but if they're bringing us down or they're bringing you down and they're making you feel or think badly about yourself, they are not worth being in your life at this time. Or you need to talk to them and you need to tell them to stop it. Okay. There is nothing wrong with saying to somebody, you know, this is how you make me feel always. And if you continue and this is going to be the way that it's going to be, I'm going to have to just say goodbye to you, or you're just going to, I'm just going to have to limit my time to you. That's one of those things where we mature in our emotional wellness by setting those boundaries. Okay. Have more supportive people in our life and start pushing out the toxic people. All right. 
put it in one of my Instagram posts, carousel posts this week. You could take a look at it over there. Number four, five, your environment, your emotional well-being can also be negatively impacted ladies by your environment, which includes your home and work environment. This not only includes the people who are in your work and your home environment, but how organized it is and the feelings it creates within you. If you've had a bad experience in your home and a certain area of your home always brings those emotions back, then you might want to change that area. You can't just move because, you know, in most cases you can't just move, but you can change and switch out the space where that particular thing is bringing you bad vibes. You know, you can feng shui it, so to speak. Decorate it differently. Move furniture around. Do something that keeps you from creating this connection between your home and your negative emotions. The same thing at your job. I mean, you know, spruce up your little area where you work. Add pictures of your significant others. Put some flowers on your desk. You know, put positive quotes there. Do some things that make you feel good to make your environment happy. All right. So have your environment be supportive. Okay. Then the next thing that can have a negative impact on our emotional well being is judgment, criticism, shame, and guilt. These are the negative emotions you really want to start working on and getting rid of in your mind. These are the most toxic thoughts you could have and some of the most common. So what happens in, what happened in the past ladies is in the past. You can't go back and change it. You can only move forward and deal with it. So all those feelings of guilt, shame, and resentment are pointless. Okay. And I hold on to them too. I'm not sitting over here on my soapbox saying that, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm good over here. I got rid of all that stuff. No, I'm still working on old stories myself, but that's the thing. Progress and improving my emotional health is being able to work on those things and constantly be moving in the forward direction. They aren't helping you or anyone else. And they're not helping me and they aren't easing the situation and they're not taking it away from our memory. So we've got to get rid of it. They call the rear view. It's called a rear view for a reason. Okay. And you can't go back. It's done. It's already over. And you can't, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You can't relive the past. So you got to live in the present. If you look in the rearview mirror and there's things that you don't like, then think about how you can change them for a more positive thing to bring them into your now. Okay. All right. So now let's talk about how your emotional well-being affects different parts of your life. So we talked about what is good emotional well-being. Okay. And then now let me recap. Then we went into talking about what negative things can affect our emotional well-being. And those were things like how we talk about ourselves, how we think about ourselves, our relationships and our friendships, our environment, judgment, criticism, and shame and guilt. All right. Now let's look at how our emotional well-being affects different parts of our life. Okay. Because ladies, your emotional wellness encompasses how you think and feel, how you possess, how you process your emotions and the way in which you adapt to the unforeseen circumstances and stressful events that may be yet to come. The strength of our emotional well-being can affect not just our emotional and mental state, but it can affect other areas of our wellness as well. And the first being our mental health. Naturally, the first area of your life that your emotional well-being affects is your mental state. This goes beyond just how you feel on an emotional level, but it goes into affecting your mental health and any mental disorders that you may have, such as anxiety or depression. Okay, so if you aren't working on your emotional health and either have bad habits to cope with your uncomfortable feelings, you are avoiding them entirely, mental disorders like depression and anxiety can start to get worse. 
okay? You might notice that you're having more panic attacks or you're having worsened depression episodes. And this could be serious and it should not be taken lightly, okay? So you really need to look at your emotional well-being and you need to look at working on your emotional health, both to number one, to help your anxiety and to help your depression. Get into some counseling, talk to somebody about why you feel these feelings. You know, they're not, they may not go away tomorrow, but when we start to address them and talk about them, that is the first step in improving our emotional wellness. Okay. They can also affect your physical health. It can also affect your physical health a lot more than what you think. Consider what happens when you're dealing with a lot of stress. Okay. It might be caused by either emotional circumstances, but your physical body feels a lot of that and it feels the effect of that stress. You could be fatigued, tired, constipated, you know, your, your skin can be dry. You know, you can exhibit, you know, a lot of decreased appetite, or maybe you're having an abundance of appetite and you are doing emotional eating. Okay. When you deal with a lot of emotional stress, ladies, do you feel it in your mind? Yes, but you also can feel it in your body. You might initially feel that overwhelming, stressed out feeling that causes a lot of fear and anxiety, but then your body takes over. Your body response to stress might be a headache. It could be stomach ache. It could be diarrhea. It could be overall body aches and pains, neck pain, and so much more. But by working on your emotional health and your ability to work through your emotions, you're also improving your physical health and reducing these discomforts. So that's why it's important to look at your emotional health as a very, very important part of your overall health and wellness and for overall better hormonal balance, because this is what's going to make the difference. Okay. So the next thing is your job and your work environment. With poor emotional well-being, ladies, your job and work can suffer quite a bit. Most emotional challenges you face when not dealt with properly can cause a lack of motivation, focus, and concentration. And this eventually leaks over into your job performance and reducing output and quality. And if you're a businesswoman and you're an entrepreneur, it can affect you know your whole company. If you're trying to move up in your career, it can affect your career moves and things that are going on. You can miss promotions. So whether you work for yourself or like I said, you work for another company, you can be putting your career at risk if you don't look at your emotional health. Even if your job is safe, it makes it a lot harder to just go through your work day. And you're also putting all this added pressure on yourself without good reason. Okay. By working on your emotional health, ladies, you really are helping yourself to reduce those negative side effects with your job and your work environment and the relationship that you have with your colleagues and coworkers can also be improved. You can enjoy going to work and even have fun on the commute or wherever. It's all in your perspective, which starts with your emotional well-being. Okay. Next, your emotional well-being can affect your home environment. So in addition, ladies, to your work environment, your home environment might also begin to suffer. This includes your personal relationships and your friendships and the environment in which you spend all your free time outside of work. If you wake up early every day stressed out or unable to deal with your emotions, how does the rest of your day go? Probably not great, right? You're probably like, hey, I don't want to be around her today, you know? Negative Nelly, we see her coming. We don't want to be around her. So you start feeling, you start falling behind in your personal obligations. Maybe you start not being able to take care of yourself very well. Maybe you start neglecting your household duties. You start canceling plans with friends and so much more. You need to put yourself first, which starts with your mindset and how you talk to yourself. 
It includes how you process your emotions and what kind of resilience and mental strength that you have, ladies. So important. Okay? This is all very, very important and it should never be taken for granted. So start with small steps as you work toward improving your emotional well-being. It doesn't need to be overwhelming or complicated. Just one small thing at a time. Okay? So first we talked about what makes up a good emotional health. Then we just got done talking about what are some negative things can, that can impact our emotional wellness. So lastly here, I want to wrap up with talking to you about some things that you can do naturally to help your emotional wellness and health. So you know me, I always have to include natural things and relate to my five core fundamentals on how doing those impacts all these different areas of your health. Because again, you know that I like to show you how those five core fundamentals of eating better, sleeping better, de-stressing, drinking more water, you know, and getting out there and moving your body, how all of those things impact all these other things. So let's see how does emotional wellness impact those areas and how do those areas in return impact our emotional wellness. Okay. So first of all is number one exercise. You know, I'm going to talk about that, right? Okay. If you know me for any length of time, you know that I'm going to talk about that. This is probably one of the best and most impactful habits, ladies, that you can incorporate into your lifestyle for emotional wellness. Though you may not have considered it. Okay. But I know that you have exercise is often seen as improving just your physical health. Okay. Which of course it does, but it also is amazing it is amazing at boosting your emotional wellness. Okay. So if you've ever participated in a workout program or challenge, then how did it make you feel? I'm hoping that it made you feel good. Chances are, even if it was challenging on a physical level, you started building a lot of resilience mentally as well as physically. You probably were more energetic and in a much better mood. Okay. When you exercise, here it comes. You release endorphins, which are the happy chemicals in your brain, ladies. You can also boost your serotonin, which we've been talking about, helping your emotional and mental health even more. So with just a little light exercise, ladies, a few days a week, you will notice a drastic difference in how you feel. Number two, focus on balanced nutrition. You knew I was going to have to talk about this one too. What you put into your bodies in the form of food and drinks, ladies, can also make a really big difference on not just your physical health, but of course you get it, also your emotional health as well. If you want to improve your mental and your emotional well-being with your diet, first think of your gut, okay? Because we talked about this in your digestive issue. So go back to last week, the last two weeks. Last week, we talked about 14 different tips to improve digestion, Go back to those and listen to that one again if you have not listened to that one first, okay? Or incorporated to listening to that after you li- listen to this. Because if you want to improve your emotional well-being, first think of your gut. And why? Because your gut is your second brain, okay? And it's very closely connected to your brain. And when you eat foods that improve your gut, you then you eat, then you are going to be improving your brain and your mental health as well. So these foods include prebiotics, probiotics including kefir, yogurt, kimchi. Talked about all these last episode. Go back and listen to it. Another good idea is to reduce foods and drinks that worsen your anxiety, such as caffeine, sugar, and alcohol. Not that you can't have them, but just keep them in moderation. Not going to say much more here on this topic because go back and listen to episode last week, and I believe it was episode 165, if I'm not mistaken. 
Okay. Next, get your omega-3 fatty acids. Healthy fats are good for you. Another aspect of nutrition to consider for boosting your emotional and mental health is healthy fatty acids, omega-3 fatty acids. Not only do omega-3 fatty acids help with your physical health and wellness, but they can also reduce the symptoms of anxiety and depression, and they can give you a lot of positive energy. Okay. Your brain needs oil. Your brain needs omegas. You can get more omega-3 fatty acids in your diet with foods like salmon, mackerel, tuna, walnuts, and flax seeds. Okay. I love flax seeds. I love walnuts. And me, I'm a big salmon eater. I love salmon. Okay. You may also want to include some herbs that can help reduce stress. Herbs like maca are amazing for emotional and mental health. Also valerian root. It's a natural anti-anxiety medication. It can help. Make sure that you really understand these herbs, these roots, and these um, alternative supplements. Talk to your medical provider. If you've got other medications that you're taking to see if these, these supplements will incorporate with that. You can also use 5-HTP is also very good, but there's side effects to some of these things, especially when mixed with other medications. So you do want to be careful and check with your medical provider whenever you're incorporating new herbs and or supplements into your plan, especially if you are already taking other medications. Okay. Many people find that maca root um, improves their mood and gives them more energy, okay? And with more physical energy, you tend to move your body more, which can then release endorphins to boost your mood and make you happier. So when you're feeling happier, you tend to want to exercise better. You want to tend to eat better. See, it has this all over effect. One domino hits another domino hits another domino, all right? Next is to meditate on a daily basis. We talked about this before too. Meditation can also be considered a natural and holistic approach, ladies, to your emotional well-being. Medi- meditation provides many benefits, of, as we've talked about several times on the, pos- on the podcast, to support emotional and well-being, and it can be done in as little as five to 10 minutes a day, all right? There's plenty of apps out there that you can set for different times and just sit there and listen or close your eyes in front of your screen and just zone out for a few minutes, okay? If you've never meditated before, your two best options are breathing exercises and guided meditation. With guided meditation, you listen to someone tell you what to do and what to focus on, when to breathe and when to be mindful, and even create a visualization for you to think about. Breathing meditation is simply focusing on that breath and not on your thoughts in your brain because you're concentrating on your your breathing. You just are letting go of the thoughts in your brain and you're allowing your body to get into a more relaxed state. Okay. And then let's talk about vitamin D. You know me, I have always, I always talk about vitamin D and I love vitamin D. When it comes to specific vitamins and minerals, it doesn't get much better than vitamin D for your emotional health. While vitamin D can't cure depression, ladies, it has been found that people with depression symptoms are often deficient in vitamin D. It also helps to improve mood and it also can help to improve, give you more energy. Vitamin D deficiency is actually very common amongst most people. You get natural vitamin D simply through the sun's UV rays. But if you work at your home or in an office, you probably don't get outside much. This can lead to a deficiency and that can also affect your emotional and physical health. So if you can't get sun exposure every day, taking a vitamin D supplement is the next best thing. And if you want to know of a good one, let me text me, let me know, DM me, and I'd be more than happy to tell you of a good vitamin D to take. And then lastly, well, not lastly, second to last, I want to talk to you about self-care. If you haven't already done so, you should also incorporate self-care activities into your daily lifestyle. And you heard me say that right, daily. Because for emotional wellness, 
consider self-care not only that it can help put yourself first and make your own needs a priority, but also helps you with your emotional health. So with self-care, with doing self-care related to emotional stuff, things like reading, doing something creative, getting rest, going for a walk out in nature, taking a soothing bath, those are things that can calm your mind and can help improve your emotional wellness. Now, lastly, get better sleep. Of course, you see, these are all part of my five. You know that. Hey, hallelujah. We're hitting them all in the park here with this. Lastly, don't forget about sleep. Sleep should also be a priority in your life. So if you have been neglecting it or you're not getting enough of it, it can be impacting your emotional and mental state. So create a new sleep routine so that you go to bed at a decent hour and can have restful sleep. Work on it. This is one of the most important things to help your mental and emotional health is sleep. Sleep, better nutrition, better self-care, you know, taking better supplements, meditating, all those type of things that can help lower our stress levels are very important. So there you have it, ladies. We wrapped up in what, been a half an hour or maybe a little bit longer, we wrapped up talking about so many things with regard to our emotional wellness. We talked about, you know, what is a good emotional well-being? What affects it? What negative things can affect that? And then we looked into what things can we do naturally to improve our emotional health from a physical perspective and vice versa. Hey, Hope you got something out of today's episode. I so enjoyed talking to you about it. It's one of those things that I'm working on constantly. So I hope that you're constantly working on it too. If you love this episode, do me a huge favor. Go over on iTunes, give us a rating and review. Hit the share button, share it with a girlfriend. Make sure you're following us so that you get every episode, you don't miss one. But those rating and reviews over on iTunes are so, so important to us. And if you can pass it on to a girlfriend or two, that's so important. It helps us grow. Come on over and join our Well Woman Network 360 group free on Facebook. Come on over at Well Woman Network on Instagram. Like and comment on our posts. I put all that information up there for you. Alrighty. Leave us a direct message over on Instagram or over in the group. Or come over to wellwomannetwork.com and check out all the freebies that we have there for you. I've got like several, I've got three great freebies there. One is on energy improving it. One is on hormonal health for the busy working woman. And there's another one up, up there too on clean eating. Easy tips to help you get a cleaner diet. Those are three great things that any of us can use and they're free and I love them. Put them up there for you guys. Or think about joining our Your Wellness Journey program. We're looking for at least three more beta testers. Go to the page, work with me, check it out, see if it's something you want to do, book a free call, no obligation, see if I'm what you want, and we can talk about all the things on how to make this Your Wellness Journey and help you optimize your health. Also, go to our membership page over at wellwomannetwork.com and get on our waiting list for when our monthly membership is going to open. It is going to be fabulous, and you ladies are all going to be helping us create it. So if you want to be an OG, an early adopter, and become an OG down the road, you'll want to get on the waiting list too. All right, ladies, there you have it. You know what I always say, may God richly bless your life this week and go it, be healthy. Love you all. Talk to you later and bye for now.